This is Neil Murray from tech.eu, and I'm joined by Carl Valdekrantz of Ticktail. Hi, Carl. Hey, Neil. How are you? Yeah, good. How are you? Good, thanks. Brilliant. Um, I thought we could just kick things off with you giving a quick intro into what Ticktail does. No, for sure. Um, Ticktail started three years ago in Stockholm with the ambition to become the world's most used and loved e-commerce platform. Starting out, we made it simpler, easier than ever before for an independent brand, a small business, to create a beautiful online store in a few minutes. Over the three years that we've been around, we've grown our community of sellers to become the home to 85,000 local designers and emerging brands. So end of last year, we brought all of those brands together, all of their products together, and launched the Tickle Marketplace, which is now a big focus area for us, an inspiring consumer destination where people can shop the most up-and-coming best brands of tomorrow, if you will, in a mobile application for Android and iPhone. Cool. And the reason why we're talking today is you are just about to announce a 22 million Series B round um, from your existing investors, Creandum, Thrive Capital, Balderton, and also Acton Capital, who are based in Germany. Um, to me, this is quite a significant round. I think it's sitting somewhere in the, probably in the top 10 largest Series Bs in Europe this year. It's larger than a lot of the other Nordic companies that have gone on to have big valuations, just to throw in a couple. I think it's larger B than SoundCloud, uh, Zendesk, Klarna, etc. And maybe the biggest in the Nordics, at least since uh, Supercell, which is a couple of years. So I just wondered whether you kind of understand the importance of this round and whether kind of holding the torch for the Nordics or even Europe for that matter is something that you guys care about. I think there's no doubt that $22 million is, is a lot of money, uh, 100%. When we think about this round, however, we don't think of it compared to other companies. We think of it compared to the opportunity we're going after. There's 140 million small businesses, micro-businesses in the world today. We're the home to 85,000 of those. We have just gotten started on our quest to sort of like become, reach our vision of what this company can and should become. And how did the round come together? Well, as we geared up to raise our Series B, it became clear that our existing investors was really excited about how the business was developing and actually wanted to increase their stakes in the companies. And I mean, from our point of view, we couldn't be more excited to double down on those partnerships, partnerships with great investors that we know and trust and that share our long-term vision for the company. Kriandum, I think one of the, Europe's strongest investment funds, led the round and it came together with Kriandum, Thrive, Bolleton. And then we added a new investor, Acton Capital in, in Germany, a past investor in Etsy, actually. And I think looking at that mix, it works really, really well with the markets we're going after. We have a very strong foundation in Sweden, Germany, UK and the US, four of our absolutely most important markets. And I think this new round of investments really gives us a strategic edge in those markets. Do you believe you could have raised this round without having a base in the US? Because three of the four investors that I mentioned at the beginning who have participated in this round are actually from Europe. So I wonder whether you feel that moving to the US or having that strong base in the US played a part in you being able to raise around this size? Or whether you feel that you perhaps could have done this from Europe anyway? So the US is our fastest growing market and a big part of our traction. And I don't think it would have been would we not have had a presence in the US. However, I don't think that having a US investor was not a requirement for raising this round. The requirement was rather that we went after a global opportunity and what had sort of like a presence on the ground 
to tackle that opportunity heads on. If you think about the investors, I mean, the biggest part of this round comes from existing investors, people that have known our business, known the founders, known the team for years, that want to increase their stake in the game and continue to support the company in this next really exciting phase of the business. And I think that relationship is really what drove the round valuation, the round size forward. In terms of what the money will be used for, in the press release, you use a phrase, elevated shopping functionality on mobile. I wondered if you could explain exactly what that is. Yeah, of course. I would also be confused by an elevated shopping experience. <laughs> for us, I mean, there's two things, um, two things at play here. One, we have an amazing platform, an amazing community of up-and-coming designers and entrepreneurs, 85,000 of them and growing. Together, they sell more than 2 million unique products. When we talk to our sellers, when we got to know them better, we realized these are mostly first-time sellers, and their inventory doesn't exist anywhere else. We're becoming the home to local designers and emerging brands. And to us, that was a market opportunity. Like, if you want to go and shop an up-and-coming fashion designer from Barcelona, and you're based here in New York, to which platform do you go? To which shopping destination can you go? And we realized this is a segment of stores, a category of businesses that's quite underserved when it comes to marketplaces. And, and, and that was really the insight that drove us to want to focus much more on the consumer offering. Yeah. And then the second part that runs in parallel is, of course, the world is completely changing to mobile. And this is something that we've seen ever since we first started the company three years ago. We're up against huge companies, Etsy, Shopify being two of them. They've been around for plus 10 years and they have a huge time advantage over us. But at the same time, we can have a technology advantage over them. Having started in a world where it was already clear that the winning platform is going to be mobile devices. And we could sort of lead all of our new product initiatives on mobile first rather than having that as an afterthought. So when we sort of like went for the consumer opportunity to lead that with mobile was a very easy choice. Plus 55% of all of our transactions are already coming from smartphones, a much higher number than that of our competitive platforms. And what about the other side? See, so obviously you mentioned the commercial side there, but what about the store, store owners? Obviously you're making a shift here as well in terms of making it easier for people to set up a store on their phone. I agree with you. I think this shift will happen. I actually think the shift will happen in mobile there as well. But my thoughts on it is how soon will that come? You know, do you foresee that coming in a year or two? Is that what you're betting on? Or do you just see like a eventual shift happening? And by positioning yourselves early on, you'll take advantage of this as and when it does happen? I mean, to a certain degree, it has already happened. If we look at the type of businesses that we cater to, these are micro-merchants. A lot of them are like sole entrepreneurs. They run their business on their own. They're the marketeer. They run their finances. They run their production. They, they run their fulfillment. They're one-man bands, these entrepreneurs. They live a life on the go. And what better way for them to run their business than on the go? Since we launched our merchant mobile offering only two months ago or so, we already see 16% of total launch stores coming from our smartphone offering. 16% of all stores that are being launched on TikTok are being launched on mobile already. And that's two months into this initiative. So to us, the shift has already happened. And right now, it's just for us to sort of like double down on that, to follow that development and be the leading platform when it comes to offering sellers a great mobile experience. 
obviously with the independents or as you mentioned kind of solopreneurs they will be the type of people who do kind of first move and like you say they're on the go mobile it comes very natural to them anyway do you see a time when it will be natural for people to turn to their mobile first instead of their desktop to set up a store in terms of the mainstream I think when that time comes, the concept of mobile is going to have changed completely. Like we're right now talking about a future based on what the world looks like today. I think at that point, your mobile device will be your desktop device. And you will simply just connect it to your screen when you come to the office to get a more sort of extended, advanced, if you will, experience. So I think as sort of like as we're sort of moving over the experience to be fully on mobile, mobile devices will continue to develop. And of course, that will continue to um, affect how we develop our product and think about TikTok moving forward. And finally, you mentioned them in a previous answer, but Etsy and Shopify both went public this year. Both saw very kind of successful IPOs happen for them. I wonder how that affected you as a company. Did it make this round easier to raise? Um, and does it make you feel that the your opportunity to kind of really take advantage of this, does that put pressure on you to perhaps look at your end game a lot quicker than you perhaps had planned? I think Etsy and Shopify uh, going through a successful IPO was definitely helpful for us in this phase. One, because it cast a really great high, uh, spotlight on the market and the opportunity that we're all going after. And two, because I think it's created some transparency into how these businesses work, what mobile adoption looks like today. And I think around those sort of like key metrics, I think Ticktail seeing some really, really good um, growth. So I certainly think that them going through an IPO at this time was helpful to us. At the same time, we can't and shouldn't underestimate their extremely strong market position. Etsy spent plus $40 million in marketing last year. That's more money than Ticktail have raised in total. In this market, if you think of it as a competitive market, it's definitely one of a David versus Goliath. Um, but we're happy being the under. We're happy focusing on less initiative, but moving faster. One initiative at a time, we will grow our market share over the next few years. And do you think about that much now, what the next couple of years look like? It, it's just a case of continually growing a company? Or did the Shopify uh, and Etsy IPOs make you consider what the end game looks for you? Well, if you think about the end game as, as exiting the company or yep. IPO the company, then, then no. For me, TikTok is not about the exit. It's very much about creating a, a long-term sustainable business, a business that has a positive impact on the world around us. For me, TikTok has always been much more than an e-commerce platform. It's a platform to support entrepreneurship. And over the next few years, I hope that we can expand on that platform. In the same way we're going into marketplace right now, TikTok is a company that can go into advertising, shipping and fulfillment, even retail, company insurance, loans, if you will. So we don't have an end game per se. We're in it for the long term and we want to build a company that in some way defines e-commerce at this day and age.